two Sundays, we've covered uh, just looking at following Christ, following Jesus. Uh, two Sundays ago, I began, and Brother Curtis uh, continued that last week, which we really appreciate, brother. And then uh, we're starting today for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit as we kind of look at the basics again of what it is to, to be a believer and, and, and really in understanding. So I'm going to ask you today to turn to Romans chapter 14. Uh, Romans chapter 14, and uh, I'm going to just start, just have two verses we're going to read, and then we're basically going to just throw verses at you today, and we're going to talk about who it is the Holy Spirit is, what it is that He does, uh, and what it is that He intends on doing <laughs> through a people that are surrendered to Him. So as we get to Romans 14, we're going to look at verses 16 through 17. All right, starting with verse 16. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God because because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with what we look at, what we see, what we hear, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in who? His Holy Spirit. <coughs> Let me just ask real quick. How many of you growing up heard a lot about God the Father? How many of you would say a lot of sermons, Bible studies, whatnot, were centered around God the Father? Let's move to the Son. How about Jesus? How many of you heard Jesus, hopefully every Sunday and throughout the week? And sermons were about Christ Jesus. And we prayed in whose name? Absolutely. Unfortunately, there's then there's controversial person in the Trinity known as the Holy Spirit. Controversial in this way. I think there has been more differing theology written about the Holy Spirit than any of the three persons of the Trinity. Because some say the Holy Spirit does this, some say the Holy Spirit does that, some say the Holy Spirit used to work a certain way but doesn't work that way anymore. Some say that the Holy Spirit always does this, and some say, no, He does it sometimes. Some say He does it unconditionally. Some say He does it conditionally. I'm talking about just denominations and the divisions that it creates amongst us. But I'm here to say today, the Holy Spirit is very, very real. It is the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit is so necessary that our eternity rides on whether or not we embrace the Holy Spirit. Now, oftentimes, too, we try to create this division of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, there is a division, but they are still one. They are still God. And the Holy Spirit, understand, is not just a floating force was anyone ever led to believe it was more of kind of a force of God that the Holy Spirit was? 
The Holy Spirit is a person, as is Jesus, as is the Father. He is a being. It is the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit. It is all one. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Now let me just tell you real quick about the Holy Spirit. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, if you are interested, get a pen out, write on the back of your bulletin, do whatever, because I'm going to fly through a pile of Scripture today. But just to bring some clarity to what the Word says that the Holy Spirit is, who He is. So I'm just going to look quickly. Acts chapter 238. You don't have to turn there. Just jot it down, but have your ears turned on. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 has Peter saying, Each one of you, you ready for this, must turn from sin, return to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you also shall receive this gift, the Holy Spirit. So when we turn, when we surrender to the Father through Christ, His Son, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me just say that again. When we surrender to the Father through Christ, His Son, we receive the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? Is that clear? Okay. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is so serious. Romans 8 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Just another name for the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God. Now listen to this. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Did you hear that? I'm going to read that one more time. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. I think we've done a disservice of, uh, 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 in a sense of, uh, of just seeing the Pentecostal church, the Holy Spirit relegated to, to them, and, and, I, and I'm not even saying them, us, so I need to be very careful because I'm as Pentecostal at heart as anybody. Uh, but what I'm simply saying is often, to, oh, that's a Pentecostal thing when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Guys, that is a Christian thing. That is a follower of Jesus thing. That is the way thing. It is absolutely imperative that we not overlook out of misunderstanding, out of overlook over out of discomfort, discomfort, being uncomfortable, that we overlook it because it says anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, which is another name for, does not belong to Him. Okay, does everybody understand that? It's serious. It's serious. In fact, it's, this is what, he, what, what happens with the Holy Spirit within us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God because you were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. In other words, He, the Holy Spirit in you, is your stamp of approval to get to heaven. Did you hear that? You say, how will they know? I know it sounds kind of silly. What will Peter do when I get to the gates of heaven? <laughs> well, are you filled with the Holy Spirit or not? That's your, that's your mark. That is the mark. 
So he is so imperative that we begin to have an understanding of who it is that dwells within us because of Christ and our surrender to the Father. So what is it that he does? Well, John 16, I'm just 8, verse 8, 13, and 14, and I'm just going to read it to you quickly. This is what the Holy Spirit does. When he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. <laughs> How many parents try to convict their kids of their sin? And find yourself beating your head against the wall doing it. Right? How many of you have friends that you know just need to hear Jesus and you try to convict them of their sin? And how many have failed miserably and been absolutely just worn out by it? It's because it's your not, not your job. It's the Spirit of God that came to convict. He will convict the world of its sin. Your friend, your children, they need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about the Father. But we need to let the Spirit do its work and do His work. Amen? He will convict the world of its sin and of the availability of God's goodness. Who is it that tells us God is good? The Holy Spirit does. See, the more we surrender to the Holy Spirit, the more we realize God is good. Wow, it's not just the same. God is good. And of deliverance from judgment. How is it that we truly know that we are saved and will not go to hell? It's not something you read. It's something within you. And who is that? The Holy Spirit. He shall guide you into all truth. For he will not be presenting his own ideas, but will be passing on to you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. I'm going to tell you right now, for those who, who say prophecy is not for today. Now, I do believe that there are a lot out there that speak words in the name of Jesus that may not necessarily be of the Spirit of God. I understand. Satan's only in the counterfeit. That's all he can do. But I'm going to tell you what. We've been very good at trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks through the prophets. And does the Holy Spirit still exist today? Then why wouldn't he be speaking words of prophecy? Hello? He speaks truth. Oh, I lost my mic. There we go. He speaks truth. Dave, Dave Thompson didn't like what I just said. He speaks truth. He leads us in truth. He shall praise and bring honor by showing the glory of God. Who is the greatest worshiper? Who's the greatest praise song leader, worship leader? The Holy Spirit. There is none like him. There is none like him. And I love in 2 Corinthians where it says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You want to know why? Because he leads you into truth. And, and we shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Holy Spirit is, there is what? Freedom. If you find yourself completely encased inside yourself, the Holy Spirit wants to set you free. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord 
who is the Holy Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Let me just ask you a quick question. Who, believers today, who is changing you into the likeness of Jesus? He's the one doing the work. Anybody thankful for that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for changing me and transforming me and moving in me. What else is the Holy Spirit? He's the helper. The helper of the Holy Spirit in John 14. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Is he going to just teach you some things and make you figure out the rest on your own? He will teach you all things. One thing I've realized, though, is you've got to approach the teacher in order to seek to be able to teach you. He will teach you all things and bring to, I love this. I just had a conversation with somebody about this this week. He will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Has anybody been sitting there and something happened and then out of nowhere, a scripture hits you in the head? That deals with our answer. Was that you? Do you have that much intelligence? Holy Spirit. He brings to remembrance. How many of you have said before, how am I ever going to memorize and remember? We, make, we focus a lot on memorization rather than, and nothing wrong with memorization, nothing wrong with all that. I'm not going to, well, what I'm saying is that, that isn't memorizing something. See, I was a great memorizer of stats, and that's why I got A's and B's and 10 C's in school. I could retain it for a couple days. But after I took the test and did okay, it all fell out my ear. You know what I'm saying? What the Holy Spirit does is brings it into your heart. And then he'll just pull it out of your spirit when you need it. He is the helper, after all, is he not? Pull it out of your spirit and put it right there. And suddenly you're like, oh, yeah. Why do you think the enemy works so hard to spew lies into your head? Because he knows if he doesn't keep working 100 miles an hour on your head, you're going to be Christ-minded all the time. Because the Spirit brings to remembrance all that you've said. Does everybody understand that? Just a, just look at me with those quick eyes. Another thing that the, the, the Holy Spirit does is this. By our faith, the Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems. Anybody got any of those? He helps us with our daily problems and in our praying. Now, let's just be honest. Anybody got any problems with praying? Now, come on. When I say anybody got problems with praying, I'm talking about what do I pray? How do I pray? What do I say? What do I do? Oh, my. Oh, do I have to pray for three and a half hours now? You know what I mean? He helps us in our praying. Now, let me share something with you here. It says, for we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how to pray as we should. Amen? But the Holy Spirit prays for us. Now, there's this really cool, I didn't, I didn't write the word down, but it's the Greek word. It actually means super intercede. That's a different one, isn't it? We know what intercede means, pray for, on behalf of somebody else, right? But the word here means super intercede. It means he intercedes way more than you probably even need it. He intercedes for you over the top. Who's he praying to? 
Who's he speaking to? Aren't you glad that you got somebody super interceding on your behalf? It says, the Holy Spirit prays for us with such feeling that it cannot be expressed in words. Now, I'm going to share something with you right now, real quick. I'm going to do this in 30 seconds. I want to try to dispel the fear and the maybe somewhat the misunderstanding of something here. But Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, And everyone present, this was at Pentecost, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages, tongues, they didn't know. All right, let's just stop there. Did the people know what they were saying? Why was that? Because what was coming out of their mouth had nothing to do with them. What was coming out of their mouth is what the Holy Spirit had been interceding on their behalf in their spirit. They just happened to open their mouth and out it came. See, many of us take into account thinking that tongues somehow is this, oh, if I'm Calvinist or Baptist, if I'm Pentecostal, it's the only way I even know I got the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? It's these extremes. The word's very clear that he intercedes on our behalf with words that we don't even know. And then what did it say happened to the apostles as they're sitting in that upper room? They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and out came words out of their mouths that they didn't even Essentially, what happened is, what happens when you, uh, uh, you, you shake a bell? A clapper on the inside hits the outside, and it makes a what? When the Holy Spirit begins interceding, it's kind of like the clapper on the inside. What happens? Something comes out. And see, that's why they call it a prayer language. Because what we're simply doing is speaking out what's happening in our spirit. You see, I've never had that before. I've never understood it before. I tell you what, I've operated in that gift at times. Quite a few of you do. Hey, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yes, people misuse it at times. But that's not the issue. Get your eyes off of what people do with it. Get your eyes on what the Word says to do with it. And uh, he he says, look, I'm not withholding from you. Open your mouth. Let me, inter- let me do the interceding, and you say, Lord, if you want me to declare what you're interceding, I'm just going to declare it right here. So open your mouth. Now, if you want to talk more about that a little bit later, hey, great. Matthew 10, 20, just to follow up on that, it says, it won't be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father repeatedly speaking through you. Who's the Spirit of the Father? That's another name for who? It'll be the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Are there fakers out there? Yeah, there's fakers everywhere. I want to be concerned about the things of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's something else that we miss many times. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, this is Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power. What's that word? About five people have declared it, including my man over here. What's that word? You will receive power to testify about me. See, this is something we forget. In order to truly be a witness for Jesus in this world, we have to have what? You can't otherwise. So for those of you who really feel like I'm scared to death to share my faith, that's because guess what? In our own strength, we are incapable. 
We can't do it. We will fall flat on our face every time. We will hit a, a, a rock wall. We will get beat up. Yes, we will fail if it's in our own strength and power. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, we are granted the power to testify. And that's why Jesus said, look, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to testify about me. And I love this with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection. See, in Acts chapter 2, which was just a repeat of what was found in Joel, this is what it said. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Did it say he was going to pour out a spirit on just the leaders of the church? Did he say he was going to pour out his spirit on just uh, uh, the, the Presbyterians or, or, or the assemblies or, or the brethren? Did he say that? No, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Okay? And your sons and your daughters will prophesy because the Spirit of God does what? According to Scripture, prophesies. You, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants on those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall what? Prophesy. Acts chapter 2 says this. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. They didn't know, for, they get, for the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, I want to share something with you. I came back to this verse for one quick moment here. I want you to understand something. There are two words in the New Testament for filled. Okay? Don't expect me to say them correctly. But I'm going to go for it. Pleru and Plato. Pleru and Plato. Pleru has to do with more of an infilling on the inside. Does everyone understand that? Pleru, infilling on the inside. In fact, it would be kind of like this. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, Paul says, Don't be drunk on wine. Be filled with who? Now, why do we basically you get drunk? Why do people, for the most part, find themselves over and over and over again falling into drunkenness, alcoholism. Oftentimes, it's, a, it's partially, whether we want to agree with it or not, the drunkenness aspect is they're trying to deal with life. Okay? Paul's saying, don't use that. Holy Spirit will lead you through life. Be filled. That word filled means is pleru, pleru, and it means on the inside. Inside. Okay? Now, why are you making a big deal about inside? Because the word where it says in Acts chapter 2, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled is not pleru. That word is plato. Plato means outwardly filled. And what's outwardly filled mean? Well, outwardly filled means basically equipped. What are you equipped for? To go do what God's called you to do in this world. Ministry. See, those apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit not to make a big show, but that they be equipped and empowered to go minister. And may I ask you a question? How many times do people look at the apostles and go, who are these men? They're uneducated? They're just fishermen? Hey, anybody feel like you probably feel it fit in that club at times? And remember what it said in Acts chapter 2 and Joel? 
My spirit will fall on all flesh. Everybody. Plato also was found in Acts 4.31. says, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were filled, Plato, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. See, that was it. They were filled outwardly so that they could speak the word of God with what? Boldness. They were equipped for ministry. See, if we're trying to avoid this, this, this move of the Spirit, one of the things we have to understand is this. Um, one of the things we have to understand, Pleru is what happens Pleru is what happens when we give our hearts to Jesus, who moves in. Holy Spirit. Pleru is the Holy Spirit moving in to do changing, transforming, leading, guiding. You follow me? Plato is the Holy Spirit moving upon us, equipping us, empowering us to do what? To minister to the people. To, to declare. And I'm going to tell you what, Plato is a little different than the other. Because I think sometimes, as we see throughout Acts, there were different times where it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Some theologies would, would actually uh, negate Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 because they would say, well, in Acts chapter 2, the apostles were already filled. How could they be filled again in Acts chapter 4? But that's just it. We're not talking about inward. We're talking about the outer equipping. What's the Holy Spirit interested in doing? Making Sheree a mighty warrior on earth. Outwardly. Inwardly, he's changing her to look like who? Right? Right? So, do I have the Holy Spirit in me whether I spoke in tongues or not? Yes, Holy Spirit's moving within me. But what might happen? The uh, Holy Spirit might pour out over me and begin empowering me and moving and equipping me. And guess what might start coming out? Some things might start happening. Things different that you're in. And you, you know, I've always said, stick your finger in the light socket and see what happens. When power touches flesh, what happens? Things. But what is our greatest focus? We are being changed to look like Jesus on the inside. And outwardly, we are being equipped to do the impossible. That's it. That is it. You are not, it's not up to you to determine what the impossible looks like. It's up to God. But the Holy Spirit wants to do that through us. Now, here's the bottom line. How do we know that we are continuing to surrender to the Holy Spirit? Because this is what he begins to pour out over us. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I'm going to tell you what right now. You lack joy, we got a spirit problem, we got a love problem. You lack patience, don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. You don't have a patience problem, you got a love problem. And you got a spirit problem. Don't pray for peace in a sense of, oh, God, God. No. Holy Spirit, you are peace. I surrender. You are peace. I surrender to that. Because remember, he leads us through all truth, and the truth will set us what? For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, peace, joy, love. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there are those things. 
So, where does this take us? Well, I just did something that usually could, sh- really I should have taken about six, six to eight to nine to ten months to preach on. I tried to squeeze it all into to 31 minutes. I challenge you to take some of these verses. Find out. Holy Spirit, you're real. I, in Jesus' name, I know you're within me. But you know what? I just want to continue to surrender to your work in me. And as those apostles said in Acts chapter 4, well, why do the nations rage? Why does everybody hate you, God? And in turn, they hate us. But Lord, that's okay because we are yours. And so we just ask you to give us boldness to declare you. And what happened? They were filled with the Holy Spirit outwardly and prepared to go out. And they spoke the word of God boldly. They spoke it boldly. Quite honestly, our response to what's going on in America today should not be one of anger and frustration. It should be one of, Holy Spirit, here am I. Here am I. Do whatever you want to do. Here am I. Equip me. Change me. You hear what I'm saying? Beating your head against Fox News is not going to do anything. Right? We can get as angry as we want about what's going on politically. We can get as angry as we want about what people are saying about God and Jesus. We can get as angry as we want about how they treat us or treat others. Folks, do we want to live in anger and frustration, or do we just want to let the Holy Spirit of God do His thing in us and prepare us to, to testify to who He is in full effectiveness? That's what I want. Is that what you want? See, and that's what the body of Christ was called to do. Fear the Lord. Fear the Father, as we preached on three weeks ago. Fear the Father in awe for His mighty power. Follow Jesus. Running that race that He's laid out before you. And be changed and be equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're called to do, church. Next week, we're going to dig in even more. Church, do we look like someone who is fearing the Lord, following Jesus, and empowered by the Holy Spirit? That's the question. Do we look like that? When you look around, do we look like that? We're going to get into it. It's interesting. In Acts Every time people are around the church when they were gathered together, they didn't know what to do with them because there was some crazy things going on, and they knew it wasn't the people. But I'm going to tell you what. I want to see God move in power in all of us, outwardly and inwardly. How about you guys? How about you guys? Now, are we open open to hearing more, or did you just get your lessons for the week? Holy Spirit, do your thing. Do your thing. Holy Spirit, we just want to give you praise. You're a part of the Trinity. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you for your patience for hanging in there with us. Father, as David, so many times he, he, was, he, he would get caught up and say, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve you. Lord, I want to thank you right now that you are beginning to teach us to be led by you, 